more responsibility on you and me than maybe we've wanted to assume yet. And because we didn't assume it, then the devil took advantage of it. But if you stay in a church like this, eventually God will put that verse on your face and say, listen, you've got responsibility to keep yourself. That doesn't mean you never get sick because some things slip up on you sometimes. I know. I've had that even in my own life recently. I had to go go to the doctor. So, big deal. I just keep on moving. I was thanking the Lord today. We were singing that song, You're the Healer. Hallelujah. <laughs> he is. I remember being in church a month ago and just barely being able to stand there. And praise God, that's changed because I used my faith. I got some medicine, but I'm thinking it was just a virus anyway. They don't have medicines for viruses that I know anything about. But anyway, just talking to you here. Uh, you know, there has to be a cause for these things. We know from the New Testament, I'm just rehearsing a couple thoughts that I was thinking. First uh, Corinthians 11, you don't need to turn there, verse 28, 29. Examine yourself so that you can partake. That's all about the Lord's Supper. But it's also inclusive of everything else you could partake of that God offers us, such as healing. And then to be more specific, verse 29, 30 says, Not discerning the Lord's body, many, not a few, many are, are weak, then sick, and even die prematurely because they didn't discern the Lord's body. And like we said, that's a twofold prong. You've got first discerning Jesus, what he did for us on the cross, and he took it away. That's one avenue to perceive and have taught to you, which we've taught over and over again. And then the other side is you understanding your part in the body, discerning the Lord's body. That You can't just do anything you want. Well, you could, but you might end up getting in the crosshairs of something, even in a local church, because you don't talk right about me or you're mad about something or you do something I didn't endorse or all kinds of stuff could happen. You didn't discern the body when you did that weren't sensitive to the whole church as such. It was just all about you and what you wanted to do. Yeah, I'm just talking to you. And you can tear up stuff in your own life and not even be aware of it. And I know some of you go, wow, I could have had a VA. Yeah, you could have, could have had a couple of them. Perhaps. I know when I was younger, I didn't know all this. And, you know, one time, man, one time, I hate to say this to you, I hate to say it, I started off to my pastor. I was sick and I was hurting and I mean really hurting bad and you know he was going to tell me the answer and I just stopped him in midstream and he, he and I were very close and I said I just appreciate if you would talk to me about this I know what you're going to say I've been in your chair and I would say the same thing but I said I really don't want to hear it right now Pastor. well he shut up we had a struggle eating the rest of our lunch I think that day I got in the car and I started
turn now. Oh, we're just teasing, kind of. But anyway, I got preaching to myself in my kitchen. I got a big island in my kitchen area, and I was walking around, and I was getting more wound up as I went. And uh, Dinah said, honey, you better sit down. And I said, where was he when I was shooting the dope, and where was he when I was eating out of a dumpster? What rights he got to complain about me that God has blessed me? God, I never said I did it. Said God's given me everything I got, and then I, then the Lord just got on me and He said, "You just need to repent, Michael. Stop that neg- that negative attitude." And I said, "Father, I repent. Forgive me. I don't even know this man. I just got stirred up hearing his complaints about me. Don't even know what he looks like. So I would have known him if he'd come to the door. Maybe I'd attacked his son or son-in-law. I don't know." going to attack anybody. But the point I'm making is, you know, see, I was talking wrong, and let it get to me, because somebody else's words got to me, and it was stirring me up. You've got to watch yourself in those areas. You know, even if it's a brother or sister in the Lord that's talking out their head. They might be. Hallelujah. All right, I'm in Proverbs 18, and let me read you a couple things here, and then we're going to get into this today. God, this is Dr. Dufresne's sayings, God can't do anything in your life unless you say so. I don't know if you realize that, but God can't do anything in your life unless you say so. So we need to just find the Bible and read the Bible, especially the New Testament, and begin to rehearse or say what God says about us and get in agreement with what He has said. Does that make sense? And not say contrary things to the Word. God can't do anything in life unless you say so. The sovereignty of God is released through your words and my words. I don't know if you realize that, but it's important to realize it. No matter what you don't have, this is Dr. Dufresne again, no matter what you don't have, you do have words. Use your words to get what you don't have. No matter what you don't have, you do have words. Use your words to get what you don't have. If you fill your mouth with God's word then, and start believing that, then it'll work. After you speak God's word and your voice grows silent, you must believe that those words are proceeding even though it's silent. You know that? Sometimes you can say something and you're in faith, and then pressure comes and circumstances come, and if you're not careful, it rattles you a little bit. You're speaking the same thing the next time, but you're not in faith now. You're just in fear and trouble, and it won't work for you. You should just let it stand said what you said then and not go back on it, not pull your words back or speak contrary to it. See, that's a complicated thing kind of to tell you because you've got to know your own heart and know if you're in faith or you're just being rattled. I say the devil tries to rattle our cage sometimes, you know, and provoke us. But see, the same two, two people stand here, one speaking out of faith, one speaking out of fear. The one speaking out of fear is not coming to pass for them. Saying the same thing the one that's in faith is saying. If you stay with it long enough, it'll turn into faith. If you believe that once you say something, believe it stays said. He also said, Dr. Dufresne said, if you're going to operate in the spirit realm, if you are going to operate in the spirit realm, you have to have faith that the words you speak will come to pass. Are you listening? If you're going to operate in the spirit realm, you have to have faith that the words you speak will come to pass. Now, really, well, I'm mainly meaning that with you personally, because sometimes I've spoken words of faith over other people, but they negated it through their unbelief and died anyway. Or didn't get the answer anyway. And then there's times that I just tried to operate in faith and wasn't there, and it didn't work either. Just talking to you. So what I want to talk to you about today is the power of your words. We're talking about causes, why people sometimes don't get healing or they lose their healing because they're talking wrong. You know, it's not like, a, it's not like this is just a one-time lesson today. This is an ongoing lifestyle lesson for you to learn and learn it well. That you're going to have to talk right the rest of your life if you're going to live like you're living the rest of your life. Or if you're not living in the fullness of stuff, but you want to, you're going to have to learn to talk it. 
by speaking God's Word, which is called the Word of Faith, and then you'll have to meditate on it and think about it. You understand what I'm saying? Until it gets down into your heart. You speak it in there, but then you meditate on it when it gets in there, and you think about it. Like I've told you for years, I don't go a single day without thinking about my faith. And sometimes, you know, I get judged by myself. You're not doing too good a job over here. You're doing a real good job over here, Michael, but let's talk about this. Lord, i got to change up my confession or do get more time to meditating on what it is that I'm weak in, if I'm weak in something. Am I making sense to you? Let's go to Proverbs 18.21. King Jimmy first says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This guy's, even though Solomon's a wise man, he put death first. Couldn't believe that when I figured that out. I kept saying that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and, and the Lord said, that's not what it says. And this was 20 years ago, and I read it again. That death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, love life or love death, shall eat the fruit thereof. Let me read you another uh, passage here, and I'm going to stay in Psalms for a few minutes with you. So we're going to move around in this other translation here. The same verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit there. Now you may say, nobody loves death, but I, I, I'm going to contradict you. Because Jesus said, I think it's in John 3, some men love darkness. They loved it, and they talk it, and they just talk it and talk it and love it and love it and talk it and love it and die. Not just physically dead at first, but just kill every dream that they've ever had. Kill every relationship they've ever had. Kill every kind of uh, advance, increase in financial realm they could have had. They kill it all because they're full of death when they talk. I don't got no friends. Well, I can see why. You sound like you're too friendly. Well, my wife, my husband. About you, put spotlight back on you. What are you not doing? Instead of judging your husband and wife all the time, then you end up in strife, and then you get nothing. You get every evil work, James says, in strife. See, I'm, 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 I'm talking to you here. I want you to understand your words carry great authority. I know you don't fully comprehend that yet, but I think we're all learning to comprehend it more and more, the authority and the power in a man's words or a woman's words. When I say man, I don't mean male. Just a person that's born again. Got the life and nature of God in you. So let me read another translation here. Death and life are determined by the tongue. It's not determined by how much money you have. It's determined by what you say. Okay? Of, uh, of life and death, the tongue holds the keys. That's a di different translation. Here's another one. Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. And men have died for saying the wrong thing. Well, if you could die from saying the wrong thing, you'd sure be sick from saying the wrong thing. You can see that, can't you? Yeah. And I'm not against anybody doing whatever you need to do to help yourself when I say this, so don't get all uppity with me. If you get flu shots, get them. Get them in faith. But it seems to me I never got them, and now they tell me some of the stuff they give you doesn't even help you. Recent batch or whatever not criticizing medical people because they're trying to help us and they're very committed to help us. And bless God, the nurses and doctors and surgeons, they, they work overtime to help us and save many people from catastrophe. So we're not criticizing the medical people. I'm just saying, that's what I said, don't get uppity with me. If you want to get that, get it. If it helps you, get it. But I'm just saying, we're seeing here that our words could men have died for saying the wrong thing, how much more people are sick for saying the wrong thing? If you could kill yourself by saying the wrong thing, certainly you could make yourself impaired or weak or sickly. You know, my mother had this and my grandmother, oh, stop that. You've got a total new DNA, man. You've been born again. You've got new genes in you, and I'm not talking Levi. <clears throat> got new genes. Speak to your genes. Speak to your cells. Speak to your body. It'll listen to you eventually if you'll talk to it. Live and not die, body. Live and not die. Live and not die. You live by the power of God. Every organ, every tissue, every cell, every nerve, every bone, every tissue, every ligament, every heart and prostate and brain and heart and lungs and everything about me lives with the life of God. 
Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I picked that up one time, and I read that, and I saw, Man, my organs are in me. I didn't even speak to my organs. Kidneys work right. Bladder work right. Prostrate work right. Stomach work right. I command the chemical releases in my brain to be perfectly regulated by the Spirit of the living God who knows how to do that for my body. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just preaching to you. Now, let's move on here. Go back to Proverbs 14 and verse 30. I'm, I'm talking to you about the power of your words to not leave a cause for the devil to get involved. See, we're talking about causes. We talked uh, about some other things last week. You know, one week we talked about not talking against preachers. And the consequences of the people in the Bible, they either died or suffered severe hardship. Even Miriam, she was brought back in, but she had to have leprosy for seven days. And I believe if they looked, they didn't keep her in the camp. She had to be put out. But I believe they could see her at a distance. And I think the rest of them got a clue, man. We better not talk against Moses. And Moses didn't do it. You know, Moses cried and said, God, heal her now. Don't do that to her. He said, no, I'm going to make her I'm going to make her an uh, object of, so people can see what coming against you has, has done to her. And I always wondered about Aaron. Nothing said about Aaron there at all. He just keeps on being the high priest. Then a few chapters later, I don't remember the exact chapter, but he take his garments off the high priest and he fell dead right on the spot. He got judged. It just took a little longer for him to die. Because God wasn't going to touch his high priest. Because he needed the high priest to help the people. But he was ticked off with Aaron and Mary because they were challenging their brother. And here we got a high, we got Aaron who's the speaker for Moses much of the time, but earlier in the passages. And then Miriam, who's a prophetess and praise and worship leader. She's down on her brother because he married a black girl. And you just better stay out of that stuff. Oh, my. Well, I got just as much right to my opinion as you do. No, you don't. I don't have any right to my opinion either. I have got the right to God's opinion. <laughs> the rest of it, I don't leave it alone. Well, let's see, Proverbs 14.30, you with me? And I think the King James says, A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bone. We're talking about words now. And it says, A tranquil heart is the life of the flesh. When my heart is at peace and my insides are right, it produces life in my body. Now, we could go back and just talk for a second here about, remember we talked about unforgiveness. I just can't get rid of that thought, and I'm glad I can. Brother Hagin says, if you have an air of unforgiveness about 
the five girls at the mall in Nashville, you know, the pregnant girl, they're beating her belly. It was horrible. And Pastor Diane said, honey, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. And there was one large black man, about as tall as Howard, built like Howard back here. And he was trying to, there was five, five teenage girls, and there was three against two, and they were just wailing on each other in front of the mall. And the people in Ruby Tuesdays eating their fries, watching the show. I said, stop, let me get out. I'm going to go help this guy. And I got two of them together. I mean, just barely. I mean, they were big, they were good-sized girls. And I said, listen, let's stop that. Stop that. And he had three of them. This guy was huge. And he, but we just barely controlled five teenage girls that were really cooking mad at each other for some reason. But when you see somebody beating a pregnant lady, I had to intervene. And what was shocking to me is why the guy in the Ruby Tuesdays we eventually, you know, eventually somebody called the police. We heard the sirens coming. The girls all ran away from each other and get in their cars or go home or whatever. And we went in Ruby Tuesday says we were going to eat. And a big old guy standing there said, I saw you out there doing that. And I felt like saying, why didn't you get involved with him? What's the matter with you? He's just a server and he had a towel over his shoulder like he came out from the kitchen to watch. True story. My wife can validate it. See, I don't understand that. So, but then you know, God tells you to stay out of it, you just better stay out of it. Just talking to us here. Praise the Lord. Here I come to save the day. They want nothing to do with people with bats. Unless the Lord said, do something with it. I try to listen to him. The life of the body, the life of the whole body is a tranquil mind. So this tells me if I have worry or strife or bickering in my head, you know, towards somebody... I'm going to get in trouble. My body's not going to be whole like God intended it, W-H-O-L-E, whole. The life of the whole body is a tranquil mind. A tranquil mind gives life to the flesh. A relaxed mind gives, oh, excuse me, a relaxed mind makes for physical health, but passion is rottenness to the bone. This is all different translations of Proverbs 14.30. Uh, um, the life of the body is a tranquil heart. So, like Jesus said, if you clean the inside of the cup, the outside will be clean too. I just think like that. If you get the things worked out internally, then everything else will follow. I remember Brother Hagin, he didn't say it like that, but this is what he did say. I had people, he said they get in the prayer line four, five, six, eight, one guy 18 times. He said they make one trip to the prayer room with some of his workers, Brother Hagin's workers that traveled with him, you know, the band and others that knew how to counsel and help people. Said he made said this one guy was in the prayer line 18 times. Made one trip to the prayer room, made everything right, and, and was totally healed. I didn't even need to pray for him. They made some things right internally, and God healed. Healing was the result of that. Hallelujah! I think this is marvelous. We're talking about so that we could be well and healed. Go to Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. And verse 3 here. Look at this. We're talking about the power of words in our life, and, and the reason sometimes people are sick is they're talking wrong. Uh, Proverbs 13, 3, He that keeps his mouth, King James, keeps his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. He that guardeth his mouth keeps his life. He that guardeth his mouth preserves his life. He who guards his mouth controls himself, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. These are just some different translations to help us see the importance of speaking right and talking right and guarding our mouth from saying everything that comes into it, perhaps. Are you with me? All right. Let's go over to, uh, let's go over in our Bibles now. I'm going to switch to the, uh, uh, to the King James a minute. Uh, Job. 3220, and we've talked about this verse in depth before, but I want to look at it again, and I want to give you some alternate uh, translations of it. Uh, Job 3220 
chapter 12, Proverbs 12 and verse 18 in the King's Emmy. Let's go there just a minute. I know we're using a lot of scriptures, but it won't hurt you and it helps. Hallelujah. And we're going we're gonna to talk about just a few other things here briefly in just a minute. But Proverbs 12 and 18, There is it speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. And here's another translation to Rotherham, but the tongue of the wise hath healing. Here's another one, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Here's another one, the tongue of the wise heals. Here's another one, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So when I speak right, you speak right, it can bring healing to us as well as other people. Learning to talk right. I'm being refreshed today. You know, we put this up here. And they do a good job on it. And that was my saying. I just got it as we were in revival back in the 90s. Well, I'm refreshed, I'm redeemed, and I'm in revival. But I say that to myself at home and in my car and in the shower sometimes. I start saying, praise God, I'm refreshed today, folks. I'm redeemed. I'm in revival. I mean, I may not be dancing in the shower, but I'm still saying that I'm in revival. And I'm refreshed. And I'm redeemed. I'm reminding myself of my redemption. That I have a right to be redeemed from every evil work. Everything of the enemy, I'm redeemed out of his authority. We studied that recently out of Colossians in the uh, Tuesday night service. I don't remember which Tuesday, but we did. Hallelujah. See, you've got to talk about it. You've got to meditate on these things. We don't just put that up there to be cute. It's a nice scene. I like it. Snow and let it snow. Danny Kay, you know, Ben Crosby, and the other two chicks. Anyway, Vera, you ever see her dance? Mandy, is there a minister? I'm not going to try to do what she does. I'd have to be called to the hospital for that. Puts her leg up over her head and back forward. She can do it. Diana says she can do it. But refresh, redeemed, and then revival. We didn't put that up there just to be cute. We put it up there because that's a good little saying that we could capsulize on it. I'm refreshed. I'm refreshed. You ought to talk about being refreshed. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't talk about it. Well, then you won't be. You might get happy because somebody bought you the gift that you thought you wanted that meant so much to you, but I guarantee you in a month or two it will lose its glimmer. I don't care if it's a house, a car, a new wife, a new husband, whatever. You know, you just you got to be realistic about it, you know. You know, you know you, if you're going to last in a marriage, you're going to have to realize that uh, you've got a big part to play and just stop right there. Well, he don't meet all my needs anymore. She don't meet all my needs anymore. Well, isn't that too bad? Well, then you should just stay single and celibate. But if you're going to marry somebody, I don't care who they are, the best of the best, there's going to be stuff you're going to have to do to live right and to be right, and to stay married and work through the situations that you don't agree about or that's not in perfect harmony. I don't know anybody that's in perfect harmony, personally. There might be some individuals in perfect harmony with themselves, but when you add in other people, it gets complicated. Okay, you can just act that way if you want. I'm still going to keep on preaching to you. All right, now... Let's go back here to Proverbs 4, and then we're going to skip and move to another section here, and then I'll be done. But let's look here. I've got a couple other passages I want to look at. We're going to go to King Jimmy primarily. But we're here in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words. Uh, incline thy ear unto my sayings. See, my son, attend to my words. That, that means I've got to put the Word of God first place. We don't talk like this much anymore. I don't hear people talking like this, but i got to tend to something. Sometimes country people may say that still, that, you know, out in the country, i got to go tend to something, man. i got to go. My cow's stuck in the ditch. i got to go tend to that right now. I can't talk. Somebody calls you, they're important to you. Hey, listen, man, i got a, I got a pig caught the fence down here. i got to get off my back. You know, just got to tend to something's more pressing. And when you put the word in your life like that, that the word is more pressing, you got to tend to it. You're starting to make some progress now. And believe me, there's all kinds of stuff that comes up, even legitimate stuff, good stuff, not evil. Just your family, your wife, your children, the mortgage, the grass, the paint, the car, the garage.
goes on stuff. <laughs> I can just go on. It just seems like it goes forever. But you know what the biggest thing is that Dr. Dufresne said about getting out of your office is distractions. Distractions. And don't think you're in any less important office than I am. You don't have the same level of responsibility if you're in ministry of health that a prophet would have. But it's still the same principle. If you don't work it yourself, you're not bringing a good supply that we really need. You don't show up on time for your scheduled appointment here. And you don't do what we ask you to do properly, and it's done half-shod, half-considered, then, then you're no value to us. We'd just soon maybe let you go and maybe hire somebody else to do that. Of course, we're not paying you anyway. But see, if you have respect for the office, I'll let, I'll let Jordan preach to you on ministry of health. I'm getting over in that a little bit. But still yet, we've just seen that all of us have certain responsibilities towards the Lord if he's called us to be something, to do something. Hallelujah. Now, praise the Lord, just talking to you, not making, not making fun of anybody, but I'm just talking. So we've got to tend to the word here. This is a key to healing right here. Attend to my words. This is why, this is the whole reason for technology. I know you just thought it was to make the Apple people rich or Microsoft rich or to make your job easier. Yeah, but really the real principle of all this automation and all this technology, I don't even know if I'm using the right word. I'm not a techie person. I don't care about it, really. Other than just help me know God better. I've got a little, what do you call it, not an iPad, an iPod. It's about as big as my telephone. And I think I can put on my telephone everything on there, maybe a part of it. I don't know. Don't be techie with me right now. Just listen. But, you know, I have, and I have a big old uh, side table by my bed. It's a lot taller than that. It's about that tall. It's got four drawers full of DVDs and CDs from Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, maybe a few from Brother Copeland, Brother Hagen, a lot from Brother Hagen, a different one. Because I feed him my faith with the technology that I have. And I'm listening to my iPod almost every day. And sometimes I put it in my pocket when it's charged, put my earbud in and drive and do stuff, leave the other earbud out so I can hear traffic, but I put one in and go and go to run my errands. And sometimes I'm in a store in the Walgreens walking around with an earbud in. I'm, I'm buying toothpaste and I'm listening to Brother Hagen. Sometimes I have to stop and go, praise God. People look at me, what's that, exciting toothpaste or what? You see, the technology is supposed to be used to feed us. That's what I believe about it, anyway. And there's all kinds of new stuff coming up. Coming, you know, I realize that. And all of it can help us, you know, incline our ear, it says, unto his sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life unto those that find them. And health, notice this, to all their flesh. Now, let me read the alternate translations here. I want to get to this last section, so be patient with me. To, to man's whole being, the words... God's words of life, their health, to man's whole being, their health. Never lose sight of them, but fix them in your mind. To those who find them, they are life and health to all their being. They are life to those who grasp them. Health for the entire body, the Jerusalem Bible says. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Think about the word. See, this is where the word begins to bring the health to us, and radiant <laughs> Praise God. Now, let's go over here real quick to Hosea. Just take me a second, a minute or two anyway, to talk to you about this last little section here. Hosea 4 and verse 6. We quoted this for years, and it's a great verse, but there's an alternate meaning to one of the uh, words here that I don't know if we've seen it as we uh, should have saw it in its entirety. And I did some study of the Hebrew a while back and looked at this again, but Hebrews, I mean uh, Hosea, I'm sorry, Hosea 4 and verse 6. Did I say Hosea the first time? Okay. Hosea 4 and verse 6. Now, the King James says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge, also I will reject you, and thou shalt not be a priest to me, and seeing you've forgotten the law of your God. They didn't keep it running in their ears. I also forget your children. What, an, what, a, what a terrible thing. But anyway, look at verse 6 again, the first part. My people are destroyed, and that's true. You're
those tapes and said, well, the problem is you don't know enough. You may know something about healing, but you don't know enough or you'd be healed. Unless you're just obstinate. Rebellious and cantankerous or something. You understand what I'm saying? See, you could know some things but not know enough things maybe to get you healed. That's why the great books like Kenyon's book and uh, what's his name, the one that... Bosworth's book, and I'm thinking of the other guy that just went home recently, 90-some years old. Uh, P.L. Osborne's book, Healing the Sick. See, those books cover all different issues, especially Bosworth, uh, of why people are not healed. It gives you different insight. Each chapter talks to you. Some of it's about confession. Some of it's about knowing the Word, different things like that. But here's a little alternate translation of the Hebrew word destroyed. It means to be silent. My people are silent because they have a lack of knowledge. They didn't know they needed to talk. And it destroys people, too. I remember uh, brother, brother Dr. Dufresne said, don't waste your time by not saying. It's a waste of time that you'd be sitting around all day watching TV and never get up and say nothing about God's Word to you. Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. And did you, when you think you said it, do you just wore out? Say it again. Brother Brother Hagin says, I, I stayed awake all night some of those nights. I was paralyzed. He couldn't even move the lower part of his body. And when he was conscious in the mornings, he only could read for 15 or 30 minutes. Then he was, his eyes bothered him. He couldn't see things. Took him forever. Took him 40 minutes to turn pages, three or four pages back to get from Mark 11 to Mark 5 because God dealt with him about Mark 5. See? But he said, I stayed awake all night saying Mark 11, 23, and 24. Whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou moved, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe in his heart that things he says come past, he'll have whatever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. So he said, I said those over and over. He said thousands of times. I wasn't, I wasn't healed yet. But he kept on rehearsing them. And, and when he could talk, he'd say them. If he couldn't say them out loud, he'd say them within himself. God said to him one time, because he said some of the preachers were telling him, well, that's all been done away with. Now, just think about this. Think about a lonely teenager, 16, 17 years old. Not one preacher could help him that he knew. Not one adult could help him that he knew. I think his grandpa said he believed in healing, but he didn't know how to tell him to get healed. Didn't know how to help him get a revelation of how to be healed or that it's God's will absolutely for him to be healed. And he said, God said, go back and read Mark 5 about the woman with the issue of blood. He said, it took me 40 minutes to concentrate, to get my finger to obey me, to turn the pages of my Bible on my lap. I had my Bible on my lap in bed get it back from Mark 11 to Mark 5 and I read it and he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. The Lord said, you ever heard anybody say faith's been done away with? No, I never thought about it. He said, well, if faith's done away with you can't be saved. <laughs> he started talking to him. He said, so if you have faith, her faith healed her, your faith will make you well. See, revelation came to him but that was after he'd already spent maybe months trying to rehearse Mark 11, 23, and 24, because God says your answer is in Mark 11, 23, and 24. When God says the answer is in something, man, milk that thing. Man, stay on it. Stay with it. Get other translation. But he says, my people are silent because of a lack of knowledge. Silent. Don't let your words fall to the ground dead. Just begin to put the Word of God in your mouth and speak it and speak it and speak it. You don't have to speak it to everybody that doesn't believe something, but you need to hear yourself say it. Yeah. The Bible says we believe, 2 Corinthians 4.13, we believe and therefore we speak. We believe and we speak. You know, if you're not speaking it, you're probably not believing it. But you could believe something in your heart and still not come to pass. We see that guy in Acts 14. Paul and Barnabas went down there and preached the gospel to him. And Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed, but he's still sitting there crippled. You realize that? He had faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed yet. And Paul said, stand up on your feet. And he acted on that word and stood up and walked off. And, see, but he had faith to be healed, but he wasn't acting on it. The action is a part of our faith life. We've got to act on it. I 
think just recently, you know, I, whatever I had knocked the way out of me for about a five-week period. I mean, one of those weeks, I don't know if I even got up out of the house for a week. And I finally got back to church, and man, it was a press to get ready to come to church. Not because I didn't want to be here, I just, of course I wanted to be here with you. But just to stand there during praise and worship, and it's not like we have 45 minutes of that. I was just... said, Father, I'm believing you're going to take care of me today as I make an effort to go to church. Hallelujah. And if you remember one time I had Miss Jessica pray for you, one time I had Lauren pray for you, I could have prayed, but I was, you know, I didn't, wasn't sure what kind of whatever was going on in me, and I didn't want to spread that on you up close and personal, so to speak, just to be real with you. I didn't figure that was fair. But they seemed to be healthy, and I asked them. I asked Lauren before the service, and I asked Jessica right on the spot, and they were both willing. They got anointings. Hallelujah. So I had them minister to you. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to, let's go to Romans 9. I'm going to just use this one scripture, and we could spend an hour on this one thought, but I haven't got an hour to spend, and you don't have an hour to wait on it either. But uh, Romans 9 and verse 1, I want to talk to you about uh, finding out what you have in Christ and speak that. You can buy uh, Brother Hagen. We have those books, or we did have some of them in him. Do you have any in there, Miss Arlene? She's got yes in her head. So she's got some of them, and if we run out, we can buy some more. The little blue books in him. And it's got. And I think I gave you a handout sheet a while back with all those written out of some sort. But, you know, go back over those periodically. You don't have to read the whole thing in a week. You could maybe take a year to study them, but you could take them one at a time and, and, and spend time and meditate in them what you are now that you're in Christ. You know, I read one time in the Bible, I'm going to read Romans 9 and 1, and I'll be done. I'm going to minister to you if you need it. But it said, we know no man after the flesh anymore. What in the world does that mean? That means I'm supposed to know you after the Spirit. You're supposed to know me after the Spirit. And so, and then the Lord said to me, well, you do better with other people than you do yourself, Michael. I go, what do you mean by that? He said, you judge yourself after your flesh. You kind of get severe on yourself sometimes. I said, okay. Help me to not be like that. So he's helped me to move myself out of that. I still examine myself to make sure I'm in faith. But at the same time, I'm not just critical, super critical of myself all the time, condemning myself. Are you listening? So we got to find out what we are now that we're in Christ. And I'm thinking about that every day now that I've been thinking about that for months and months. I'm, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. I'm redeemed. I'm delivered. Yeah, but you just said you went through the five-week period. Yeah, but what's that have to do with my lifetime? That was just a little roadblock. That was just a little speed bump in my life. I don't center up in that and make the whole thing negative. Hello? I set her up into what I am in Christ and begin to say that, rehearse that, and think about that. I'm not perfected in it yet, but I'm getting better at it. Hallelujah. Now, Romans 9 and verse 1, notice this, I say the truth in Christ. In other words, now that I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, we're saying the word. The truth is the word. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. So I say the word in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. In other words, his conscience is the voice of his spirit. Your mind and your brain would try to talk you out of stuff that you really are in Christ because that's something that your spirit's able to comprehend, but your mind wants to fight it until you renew your mind really well. How can I say I'm healed when I'm blowing my nose? You can say I'm healed. I'm recovering. I'm getting on the other side of this. You could say something. He said, well, I thought all this stuff worked. <laughs> See how you can get negative quick? No, you need, to, you need to say the truth in Christ and realize when you say it, because you don't need to say it to other people. You need to say it to hear yourself say it. You're not lying. How could you be lying saying what God said about you? I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. Well, it sure don't seem like that. Well, that's why it's not that way, because it don't seem like it to you. You've got to overlook the seems like it and say, no, I'm raised to sit with him. 
my brain, my mind, which all the five senses go back into my brain and assimilate things. That's why you have a brain. It's not your soul. Your soul is, it uses your brain to think. But, you know, when you die, your brain will be in your body, but you'll still be thinking. Believe me. And you'll have recall. Hallelujah. So your mind has to be renewed by the Word of God. But your conscience will immediately adhere to those things you say in Christ, though they may not seem like it's that way yet. You just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Don't quit saying it. Don't quit saying it. Just keep it up. You know, at least be like the devil in that respect. He just tries to keep it up. I know that I'm, I'm still the same man I was 30 years, and he still tries to pull the same tricks. I'm, 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 I'm intelligent enough to figure that out after a while. He's always trying to convince me that what I say I want is never coming. He always tries to convince me, if I make that decision, that ain't going to work. So I just want to learn not to pay attention to him. I listen down in here, what is God telling me to do? And if God tells me, you go ahead and step out and do that, then it'll be all right with you, Michael. Then I just step out and do it and say, it'll be all right with me. It'll be well with me. And Satan, you don't have anything to do with it. And he'll still try to talk if I let him. I just shut him up, start praising the Lord, and praise shuts him up. Preaching real good right now. <laughs> Man, don't waste your time by not saying. What a statement from Brother Dr. My time by not saying. Now, you don't have to have a long, huge list to start with, but just three or four main things that you want to feed your faith on and stay on those things day after day after day. And then as you learn a little more, you can add something, add something here and add something there. Or things come up in your life, you have to maybe go to the Word and say, what does the Word say about this in my life right now? And then find the Scriptures that cover you and say, I'm going to say this. You know, Psalm 65, I didn't even go there, verse 16, the Amplified Bible. He who blesses himself in the earth shall do so by saying. He blesses himself in the earth shall do so by saying. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm redeemed. I'm delivered from every evil work. The angels of God have charge over me. 